friends, welcome to an episode, an episode of Ghost Emoji. It's a podcast about spooky, scary stuff. I'm Becca. I'm Taylor. Today we're talking about tarot and tarot cards. Mm-hmm. 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 We already did an introduction for this, but it didn't work out, so... If we seem unenthused, it's just because technical difficulties. And I deleted my recording because I wasn't sure when Taylor would come back. We already did a good one. I've got nothing left. I'm sorry. It's okay. Anyways, so I wanted to do tarot cards and tarot reading like three weeks ago. But a long time in the making, so it better be good. I just wanted to do a good job. (laughs) Better be not good. a half-assed job like sometimes I can do. Let's dive in. We're gonna talk about some good, good background, but not a lot of that because that's boring, and you'll fall asleep because I almost did. I thought it would be a lot like spookier and cooler, and it's just their cards. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep, their cards, and um, yeah, that's really pretty much it. But the the use of them today is really interesting. Yeah, they've and, grown into uh, something cool. Yeah, but the starting, it's... Eh, okay, anyways. <laughs> so, first known as Triomphi and later as Tarochi and Taruk and Tarot, is a pack of playing cards used from the mid-15th century in various parts of Europe to play games such as Italian Tarocini, whatever the fuck that is, French Tarot, and Austrian Konigrufen. Many of these tarot game cards or card games are still played today. In the late 18th century, it began to be used in parallel for divination in the form of tarotology and cardomancy, and specialist packs were developed for such occult purposes. Just devil cards. Devil cards. Did you ever find out what the, like, what games were they used to play before? Because I know it says, but is it like war? I have no idea. It's like go fish? Don't know. I was just like, this isn't the part I'm interested in. I was like, I'm going to give a brief history just so we kind of like get a little taste. But mm. didn't, um, was it Stuff You Should Know cover tarot? Um, They might have done a tarot episode. I listened to, I think I talked about it before, a podcast called Sinisterhood that talks about like culty, creepy, true crime kind of stuff and they did an episode on this that was it was interesting i just that was when i first kind of was like oh these aren't as scary or spooky as i thought they were they're cool but they're more kind of like mystical spiritual than scary and even then the mystical spiritual part is fairly recent and more of a tool than anything that i would say is linked to like the afterlife or anything like that if you want more of like a history of it taylor said it was informative So, I guess, like, common playing cards, like, the ones that we use, you know, with the kings and queens and all that, the tarot has four suits, they vary by region, there's French suits, there's Latin suits, there's German suits, each one has 14 cards, 10 pip cards, which is just fun to say, pip pip cards, there are one through ten, or an ace for the one, Um, then four face cards, which is the king, queen, knight, and jack slash knave, Alright, so in addition, the tarot has a separate 21-card trump suite and a single card known as the Fool. 
Um, depending on the game, the fool may act as the top trump or may be played to avoid following suit. These tarot cards without occult symbology are still used throughout much of Europe to play card games. So when I copied and pasted that, I didn't actually like fully read it. <laughs> read it. And it's just Becca, you're killing me. <laughs> I read everything else. That was just really boring to me. That's literally why there's two paragraphs. You maybe read the boring one. How could you? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to read the next boring one, and then we move into the good stuff. I need <sighs> that good stuff. You can leave this in. I don't care if people know I'm an idiot. I don't care. I don't care. Do you hear me? I don't want them to think you're an idiot. I don't give a shit. <laughs> In English-speaking countries where these games are not played, tarot cards are used primarily for divinatory purposes, Mm -hmm. usually using specially designed packs. The cards are traced by some occult writers to ancient Egypt or the Kabbalah, but there's no documented evidence of such origins or of the usage of tarot for divination before the 18th century. So, literally, I found this on the Wikipedia. I copied and pasted it here and cut a bunch. So... If you want more information on, like, where Tarot came from, don't you just – I'm not your girl. That's not the part we're interested in. No. Now we're moving to, like, the good stuff. So in 1785, Atelier, also known as Jean-Baptiste Aliette, a French occultist, how does one get that as, like, their tagline? Like, I want to be a French occultist. I guess I'd have to be French. Yeah, be an occultist and – be in France. I mean, you could technically be an American occultist because you enjoy the occult and you are American. But I want that to be like how people introduce me. Well, I can start introducing you that way and see if it sticks. I guess. This is my friend Becca. She's an American occultist. That's That has a great ring to it. I love it. I'm already hooked. He became the first to popularize tarot divination to a wide audience, and he became the first professional tarot occultist that we are aware of in history who made his living by card divination. He published his ideas of the correspondences between the tarot, astrology, the four classical elements, water, fire, earth, air, and four humors, and was the first to issue a tarot deck specifically designed for occult purposes around 1789. When it says for the four humors, they mean like the blood, bile, phlegm, all that good stuff? I guess. In keeping with the misbelief, the misplaced belief that such cards were derived from the Book of Toth? Thought? Thought? The Book of Thought? Toth? <laughs> T-H-O-T-H. Uh, Atelier's tarot contained themes related to ancient Egypt, which, again, it's not actually, like, tied to anything, because literally these cards didn't exist before the 18th century. I'm sure that gave them just, like, a different kind of mystique. Pretty much. It's that whole, like, oh, it's something different from the culture we live in. Ooh. So exotic. So exotic. And then I jump through a time machine and I drown them. Yep. Just, Just kill them. Dunk their head in the toilet. Say exotic again. <laughs> Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so do you want to tell us about the actual current 78 card tarot deck? Yeah, and I'm going to read all of them. Oh, Slowly boy. And painfully. Here we go, babies. Uh, I mean, I like the Arcana, especially the mobile game Arcana. So when I read these, I'm just going to think of all my sweet babies and how many readings they've given me whenever I go in to get my coins so I may 
do romance on a phone. Play the Arcana. It's really fun. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and tell us who you romance. Yeah, I'm Julian for life. I'm an Azra girl. So Okay, so there's 78 cards used by esotericists, and they've got two distinct parts. There's the Major Arcana, the Greater Secrets, or Trump cards, and that's 22 cards without suits. That's the Magician, the High Priestess, the Empress, the Emperor, the Hierophant, the Lovers, the Chariot, Strength, the Hermit, Wheel of Fortune, Justice, the Hanged Man, Death, Temperance, the Devil, the Tower, the Star, the Moon, the Sun, Judgment, the World, and the Fool. That's me. Tag yourself. Tag yourself. I'm... Well, I can't even, like, funnily tag myself, because all of them sound pretty cool, except for the Fool. That's me. (laughs) I'll be, uh, the Empress. I knew you were going to pick either that or the High Priestess. (laughs) I like that one. They're good. They're good cards. So there's 22 in the Major Arcana, each following, or each showing some aspect of the human experience. The cards of the Major Arcana are focused on three themes, the realm of the material world, the realm of the intuitive mind, and the realm of change. Wow. Wow. And then there's the Minor Arcana, and these are the ones that are in the four suits that we talked about. The Lesser Secrets consists of 56 (laughs) cards divided into four suits of 14 cards each, 10 numbered cards, and four court cards. The court cards are the king, queen, knight, and page, or jack. Most of the ones I've seen tend to be the page. Page, yeah. Yeah. And each of the 16 court cards are linked to various personality traits and the levels of maturity of stages of life. And as you do tarot, like you start to read it, you kind of become familiar with the characteristics that are linked to each card, and that makes it easier to kind of figure out what they represent in a reading. The court cards are technically genderless, so like just because you pick a queen doesn't necessarily mean that it represents a man or like a masculine energy in your life. Same with kings. Kings can be women. It's all very fluid. You just have to kind of tap into your intuition and you'll know what the card is referring to. Um, All four suits represent the fundamentals of life and they allow us to see the details and issues at hand. The suit cards, again, they're numbered 1 to 10, 1 representing the beginning of a journey and 10 representing the ending. Within those cards, there's four different suits. Kind of like, you know, heart, spade, diamond kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, Um, but it's cups, swords, pentacles or coins, and wands. So the suit of cups is associated with matters of relationships and emotions. And as you might expect, it's also connected to the element of water and subsequently... Actually, I don't know why you would expect that. I don't know why they're like, as you'd expect... I mean, because you drink water from a cup? I guess. Get thirsty. Emotions? Well, is West is West left? I mean, depending on which way you're facing. Maybe they're referring to the fact that like your heart is technically on the left side of your body. I don't know. So in some tarot decks, you may find the cups referred to as goblets, chalices, cauldrons, or something else. And uh, it's where you'll find cards that relate to love and heartbreak, choices and decisions related to emotion, family situations, and anything else that connects to like how we interact with people in our lives. 
And then folks that sit down to get a reading are often delighted to see one of these cards in a spread because it's like, oh, you're going to tell me about my love life. Everybody wants to know about their love life. <laughs> I guess unless you're like aromantic, then you don't give a shit. And you're like, uh, yeah, try and tell me how I <laughs> yeah, feel Tell romantic. me all about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank It's a good you. test to see if it's BS or yeah, not. Yeah, it is a good test. Um if you're wondering whether your sweetheart feels the same way as you do, or if your honey will stick around for a while, or if that cute person of interest at the gym notices you working your body on the treadmill. I took this from a bust article. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Look to this charming tarot spread to give you the insights you need around your love life. I cut a lot of it, but I, for some reason, thought that that was worth, worth keeping. <sighs> so then there's the swords, which corresponds to the element of air. And it represents our mental world and matters of conflict, both physical and moral. It's also connected to um, the direction east. And it's where you'll find cards that relate to conflict and discord, ideas, belief systems, moral choices, ethics, communication, lofty intellectual pursuits, and a sense of right and wrong. And while some people see swords as representative conflict, there's actually a lot more complexity to it. They also symbolize change and power, ambition and action. And the suit of swords is like a weapon itself, capable of cutting out the bullshit, but also very painful. Ouch, Baba. It can be a challenging yet rewarding suit to work within. Then there's the pentacles or coins. And oftentimes they're like, at least in mine, because I have the Rider weight, um, or Smith weight tarot deck. Mm-hmm. And mine look like coins, but then they've got pentacles inside of them. So I think it depends on your deck, honestly, Mm -hmm. as to how they're going to be represented. But they are associated with matters of security, stability, and wealth. They're connected to the element of Earth and the direction north. And I'm guessing that the reason that they're connected to Earth is because they're actually supposed to be, like, the one suit that deals with, like, tangible objects and possessions mm. and things. It also represents, like, how our mind, body, and spirit aligns on Earth and, like, how it encompasses, like, how we move and operate on Earth, purpose, pleasure, and also how we pay the bills. So... This suit is where you'll find cards that relate to job security, educational growth, investments, home, money, and wealth. Sounds, yeah, sounds all like fiscal stuff. Yeah, pretty much. I thought you said physical earlier, and I was like, oh, but you said fiscal. No, I said physical. It's, it's supposed to be like, oh. it's not so much like mental stuff as like, cups is like emotional. Mm-hmm. Swords is mental. Pentacles is more like physical and also fiscal but okay. physical in physical, like physical physical. Well, just since <laughs> yes. it was talking about like money and investments and mm-hmm. and like stuff like that, I was like, okay, so this is the one that's like, should I start a savings account? Yes, pretty much. <laughs> like, what should I be doing? And then wands, the last one, is associated with intuition, wit, and thought process. Not magic. Magic, yes, magic. <laughs> Um, it represents the elusive spark of creation in all its expressions. It often references life and birth, inspiration, potency, artistic journey. Journeries? I'm on a journey of discovery. Journey of discovery. So, artistic journeys. Oh my god! (laughs) Artistic journeys! 
exploration. It's because I was trying to read exploration before I was done saying journey. You just jumped ahead. Damn. You gotta be present in the moment. I can't. I'm too, I'm looking like 16 steps ahead. That's why I'm always choking and falling down. Oh my god, you gotta chew before you swallow. Nope. Just start laughing. It's fine. An intrepid partnership. So if you consider the suits ordered this way, we can also see wands as the fuel for all of life's experiences. Inspired action comes before reflection. You have to experience an impulse before we can decide what to think about it. Swords, how to feel about it. Cups, or how to utilize it. Pentacles. In this way, wands suggest a connection to source or one's muse or subconscious mind. And it's also connected to the element of fire and the direction south. Hell. Your mind is hell. That's what it's saying. I guess, Just I mean, south and below us is, is a little bit different. Yeah. I think your orientation is a little bit off. Hell. <laughs> it's hell. All right. There's major arcana, minor arcana, and these first came about when Jean-Baptiste Pitois, also known as Paul Christian, <laughs> Jean-Baptiste Pitois definitely sounds a little bit fancier. Hoity-toity. They're never like these, they don't use these terms in actual card games. It's really just in the tarot divination circles kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Some decks are primarily just to be pretty, they're just artwork. And um, some of them, I guess, only have the major arcana. They don't care yeah. about the wands and coins and bits. The three most common decks that are used in esoteric tarot are the Tarot of Marseille, the Rider Waite tarot, which is the one you've got, and the Thoth tarot deck, which I'm going to call the Thoth tarot deck. That's fair. Contrary to what most people think, the meaning of divination cards changes over time, shaped by each era's culture and the needs of individual users. And that's partially why the decks are kind of confusing to outsiders, um, since most of them refer reference like allegories or events familiar to people many centuries ago. It's simply a tool for receiving messages from other dimensions. No big deal. Oh, simply. Why didn't I think of that? (laughs) It's not evil, harmful, or tainted in any way. It's actually just a method to bring information through with clarity and integrity. Um, Tarot is only a tool like a hammer for bringing forth information for the benefit of the questioner. When I was reading some sites, they talked about, like, people's fear of going to get, like, tarot readings or like uh to have psychics read for them and um it's because they're like well what if i hear something terrible and like i'm just consumed by it and uh so the fear that something terrible is gonna show up uh like a fatal disease the death of a loved one a divorce or breakup of some kind or the ending of a job in their reading and if people do receive this kind of information they're often terrified that they won't be able to change it and that they're stuck with this particular outcome but The whole purpose of doing a tarot reading is so you'll have the insight and advice you need to change your life for the better. People are afraid because they believe they're helpless to change some negative future outcome. And while difficult potential futures do sometimes show up, tarot is only to show the questioner what is most likely to happen so they have the opportunity to change it. I was going to say that that's something that I've grown to really like about tarot because I can understand, like, the nervousness and the anxiety of definitely not wanting to find out something, like, bad is going to happen, but I just keep hearing about them being used as 
tools, not even necessarily of like a supernatural nature. I mean, I guess that is always inherently going to be in there a little bit because it's like, well, you chose that card because it's for you. Like it was drawn to you. But the idea that like you look at them and it's kind of like, you know, your horoscope or something like that. You're going to take something in your mind and you're going to make it fit. So if you get a card that is like talking about, it makes you think, this card means I'm stressed at work and I need to find a way to, you know, reorganize my space or find a way to identify myself other than my job. The cards aren't necessarily telling you that directly. They are giving you one thing that is associated with that and you're doing the rest of it with your mind to make it work. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of pulls something that maybe you're already worried about or you know you need to fix and it's just helping you to to find that. And to gain clarity and kind of just like think about what you could do to make it better. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even if you strip away all of the like occult stuff, mm-hmm. it's still like one of those things it's the same as when you get like a horoscope like sometimes it applies and sometimes it doesn't but when it does you're like man that's true and sometimes it makes you reflect about things that are hard and sometimes that can be beneficial like to examine things that are difficult in your life so you can try to make them better yeah and i feel like if you if you find that in the card it's because you already knew it like it was mm-hmm. something you were already maybe subconsciously worried about or just outwardly worried about and then you see this card and you're like oh yeah no that's definitely it and it's like girl it was already there you already knew you just pulled out this card and you're using this to like justify why you haven't done anything about it yet it's like well i didn't know i hadn't read my cards yet didn't you well you read them now get to work (laughs) get to work yeah um the other thing about that i didn't include in my write-up but i know that there are like people who claim to be psychics that are scammers And they'll, like, read your tarot or your palm or whatever, and then they'll be like, oh, there's a curse placed on you, and if you pay me this much money or if you do this, then I can remove it from you. And I know a lot of people have been scammed out of money because they they get so, like, caught up in the, the, like, fear or the hype of it. And it's like a – that's one of those things you have to be careful about. So I definitely would recommend, like, looking for reputable places to go. Like, that have either good Yelp reviews or, you know, it's like a friend doing your tarot or, you, you know what I mean? Just don't don't trust just anybody. Yeah. You don't want this to turn into, like, when your computer gets hijacked and it's like, this is the FBI and I've put a virus on your computer. If you don't give me 20 phone cards and meet me on this street corner, I will blow up your computer. So, you just gotta, you know... Like everything, mm-hmm. watch watch back. Yeah, and obviously if you're someone who is, like, very scared of something bad being in your reading, don't do it. It's It might not do you any good. The whole point of it is to, again, to help you. It's just, like, kind of a nice tool to help, like, center yourself and to, you know, kind of think and just focus on one thing. If all you can think about is that you're going to get a card that says you're going to die tomorrow, then... Maybe go talk to a therapist. Yes. <laughs> and and not a psychic. 
And in that way, tarot just helped you realize that maybe there's a deeper issue at hand called generalized anxiety disorder. It's true. I have it. I'm taking medication for it. If you have it, you should also seek help and therapy, please. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's just my general feeling about tarot, like over time. I've I've by no means done extensive study on it, and I still don't have my own deck, but just reading about them and getting my cards read on the Arcana a lot has been really nice. And so it's just something I enjoy. I remember the first time I ever saw a tarot card was in that one James Bond movie, and there was a girl who would like read tarot for the main bad guy. And James Bond was like, read my cards. And one of their cards was like the lovers or something, which I don't actually know off the top of my head what that one usually means, but they took it to mean like, we're going to bang. And she was like, what? I would never. I don't think she actually sounded like that. I'm trying to remember what that movie was because that was, uh, she played Medicine Woman. What's her name? Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman? Yeah, that actress's name. It was her, but when she was younger. I don't know her name. And she was like, I'm a virgin and I can read tarot cards. But then they banged and she was like, I can't read them anymore. And I'm like, you stole her gift. Man, if that isn't some sort of allegory for virginal, like, purity. <laughs> I know. I, I don't know what the I fuck took is. it. I guess you're not talented and we don't need you anymore. You had sex? You're worthless now. Well, okay, fuck you, James Bond. Not literally. Yeah, don't literally, do not fuck James Bond. You will lose your powers. It's because he's a vortex from hell. (laughs) His dick is the entry point. Oh my god. So. (laughs) I don't know if that's how that works. It is. But that was the first time I had ever seen tarot. And I feel like it was probably in a couple episodes of The X-Files. I don't know when I first saw tarot. I can't think of it. Not sure. So I'm going to read Taylor's tarot fortune. Could read her cards. I'll say, before you read my cards, are those cards dirty? Um, no. Are they dirty? No, I cleansed them. <laughs> How do you cleanse them? How to cleanse your deck. Get ready. Because, yes, you should cleanse your deck. <laughs> and not with soap and should water. Should you cleanse them before or after? Like, what do you do before and what do you do after you do a reading? Is there, like, a I certain mean, order you should do? You don't necessarily have to cleanse them after every reading. Because it's more like if there's negative energy or if other people have been touching your deck a lot. Mm. You've just bought a new deck or a second-hand deck. Um, you've been giving a particularly... You, like, gave a particularly draining reading, or you haven't used your cards in a while, your cards have been exposed to a lot of negative energy, like a negative client, or a person, or a challenging situation in your own personal life. Maybe your readings begin to feel unclear, disconnected, or stuck, um, or your cards have fallen on the floor. Literally, (laughs) literally, they're dirty. Five-second rule. (laughs) There's a few ways you can clean them. I'm not listing all of them. I mean, I will list them, but I'm not going to talk about all of them. Yeah, say, but tell me the good ones. The good ones. (laughs) These were my favorite. Um, There's sorting and shuffling. You Eh. can sort your cards, starting with major arcana, and then into each of the suits of the minor arcana. You look briefly at each card and remember the special message it has to offer you in your readings. (laughs) Aw, it's like this is just a special time for me and you, the moon. Yep. Okay, we're done now. 
All right, yeah. this is a special moment between me and you, the hero <laughs> fan. All right, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, reading that, I was like, this seems a little hokey, but okay. You can also use this time to check that you have all of your cards still. Like, oh. you can lose them. I mean, that happens. So, you got a cat, they'll steal them. They're crazy. So, once all of your cards are sorted and in order, you start shuffling and reinvigorating your cards with your energy, which basically means just, you know, touching them. You can shuffle seven times, put your cards in a big messy pile and randomly select cards, or simply use a shuffling technique that you're comfy with. And then also, if you're wanting to, like, a way to bond with your cards is you're supposed to actually, like, sleep with them near you or under your pillow in, like, a little, little bag Or you can, like, leave them on your desk at your office if your office is chill. But you could always put them in a bag where nobody is going to be like, why the fuck did you bring tarot cards to the office? And you'll have to be like, because I'm trying to bond with them. Fuck off, Timothy. What if they don't know that they're even tarot cards? What if they're like, is that Uno? (laughs) Can we play Uno? Come on, I want to play Uno. (laughs) Let me play Uno with your cards or I'm going to HR. Becca's hogging all the Uno. Oh, Timothy. (laughs) Tim, Tim, Tim. So another way you can cleanse them is with a moon bath. This is, you do this with crystals too. Um, The full moon is a great source of energy for your cards. On a full moon, you can simply put your cards in a window or outside to bathe in the moonlight. And that's literally it. Mm. Um, Then there's also salt burial. Um, Salt can be used to draw out negative energy from your cards. Similarly, to how you use salt to draw out moisture from a food item in cooking, you wrap your cards in a plastic bag as tight as you can. Then you take an airtight container that's larger than your cards, place your wrapped cards inside of it, and then completely surround it with, like, your cards with salt on all sides, above and below. It's imperative that this is an airtight container of salt because it salt not only gathers the energies from a tarot deck well, it also gathers actual moisture that might be in the air, which could potentially damage your cards. So okay, I was gonna say I was like, wait, but why? Why wouldn't you want the salt to like touch your cards? But I guess it'll goof them up. Yeah, so that's why you want to wrap them real good and make sure it's an airtight container, because uh, yeah, the salt will fuck them up. So and then you keep the cards buried in the salt for at least a few days or a week. Um, before taking them out and disposing of the salt. Because you don't want to use salt that you've been putting your cards, which if I mean, like, they're not technically cutting, touching it. Just just dump the salt out. It's probably got negative energy in it. But you don't what want if that. I want to cook out the negative energy? Next time I'm doing, like, a salt rub, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dunk it in my cards, my future cards. I mean, if you want to multipurpose it, if you don't care about bacteria, then you just... Go to town. Can I my use friend. seasoned salt? Does it have to be like mm. pure white salt? Could I do pink salt? I would say it should probably be just salt. So but, you my know, my Larry's seasoned salt is out. Probably. All right. These are my cards. I feel like I should be able to do what I want. I mean, you can. I just don't know if it'll actually suck out the impurities and the negative energy from your cards. They're gonna smell delicious. They will. Another option is fresh air. Another simple one. After a rain shower, even just in the warmth of the sun, place your cards outside to take in the fresh air and draw in the cleansing rays. But be careful, because if you leave them out and you forget and it rains or the wind blows, they could get scattered or ruined. So, Did that happen to you? You sound 
very sure. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Other options include elemental clearing, using a smudge stick, and there are a few others, but I didn't list them. Which crystals do I use before you do a reading? So you can use crystals like we're going to use crystals today because I'm doing a reading that's not like in person because normally you're supposed to do a reading in person because the person you're doing the reading for is supposed to cut the cards, handle the cards, and you're supposed to like focus on their energy and really like it's supposed to be a whole thing. Yeah, but, but you can do them remotely. Because I know, like, sometimes Cass would do readings for us, and it's sort of yeah. like you just focus your mind, like, on the friend or the person that you want to do the reading for. Exactly. Because I, when you were like, can you do it remotely? I was like, yeah, it's not Bitch, yes, I can. Bitch, yes, I can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there are crystals that you can use before a reading and after a reading, but let's talk about the ones before. So... Clear Quartz, which I actually have resting on top of my tarot deck right now, says, In the moments before a tarot reading, you need to open your mind and prepare yourself for an influx of intuitive messages. Clear Quartz can open and cleanse your crown chakra and boost your ability to communicate with the spirit world. Okay, so it clears your mind because it's clear. I guess so. All right. So then there's Amethyst, which I also have an Amethyst here. That's Jordan's birthstone. It's a pretty stone. Oh, congratulations, Jordan. <laughs> yep. Congrats, Jordo. Um, it's another powerful crystal with the ability to open and cleanse your chakras. If you have a busy mind that's overrun with thoughts, an Amethyst will quiet your thinking so you can block out any mundane, negative, or damaging thoughts and make room for messages from the spirit world. So the third one is Citrine, which I love Citrine. Is it like it's pretty green or yellow? No, it's it's like a it, it is it's like a ochre yellow, but it's got like clear quartz kind of, mm-hmm. and then it goes into like a dark sort of ochre color. It's really pretty. So it's famous for enhancing spiritual growth and boosting creativity. Citrine is a worthwhile tarot reading companion. It will encourage you to follow your gut and decipher your cards in a ways that will encourage you to make the most of your future. Or whoever's future. Hmm. Hmm. We'll get reading. Let's get started. Okay, we have to pick a card spread, though. Oh, yeah, there are so many different types. What is your favorite card spread to do? I haven't done that many, if we're being real. Um, I've mostly done the Celtic Cross, and I think I've done the three card, where it's just, like, past, future, present. Mm-hmm. I thought the... Either seven-card horseshoe spread seemed cool, or the pentagram. Maybe not the Romany spread, because that's a lot. Um, (laughs) But I feel like we could just do the basic three-card if you want. Yeah, let's just do that one. I know. I don't want to drain you, your spiritual energy. Uh, okay. (laughs) Becca's like, I got energy to spare, dude. I have a Coke. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be up all night. You know how caffeine affects me. All right, so. What is the three-card layout? The first card represents the past. The past. Sounds obvious, but there are subtle subtleties. Um, it can include the person asking's past. It can also include events or the feelings of others that have had an impact or influence on the current situation. Does it necessarily mean things that took place long ago? Maybe. But mm-hmm. it could also be, like, something that happened last week. Like, it's just past as in, like, yesterday and beyond. Okay. I'm going to cut the deck and focus on you. All right. Think about me. 
focusing on my beautiful friend Taylor. She's got green hair and glasses. She's got a weird eyebrow. No, it's a good eyebrow. You've also got a good ear. Yeah, I've got good ears. Two. You got the little ear and the the big ear, and I like them both. <laughs> They're good. I sound like a goblin the way you've described. She has green hair and a weird eyebrow <laughs> and two different. Ears. You said weird eyebrow. You I said did. weird eyebrow. I did say weird eyebrow. I tried to trim it when I was little, and so the one part grows in a different direction than the rest. Of I it. like it. It gives your face character. Mm-hmm. I said I if I shaved my head, I'd look like Bobby Hill, and you said I like Bobby Hill, so <laughs> just shh. <laughs> I think I also was like, would you wear the Candyman outfit? Yeah, you did. You didn't say, like, you wouldn't look like Bobby Hill. You said, I like Bobby Hill. I just wanted so, to validate you. Did I go too far? Maybe. <laughs> I don't think you would look like Bobby Hill. But I would want you to wear the the velour, like... No, it's too late. <laughs> slut pants or whatever. Tracksuit, yeah. yeah. Oh, you got it. Don't even worry. All right. So I have shuffled the cards. I'm focusing on Taylor's past. What have they got for us? So we got the Page of Cups. Okay, what does that mean? Let's look. Let's see. So the cups is fluid. It's emotions. And then the page is higher up. So if it's as far as like emotional maturity, it would be, it's like emotional growth. It's upside down. Oh, I got reversed. You got reversed. So what does reversed usually mean? What I'm looking, I'm looking at Biddy Tarot and it says new ideas, doubting intuition, creative blocks, or emotional immaturity. So. So it is, I was almost there and then it flipped it. It's emotional immaturity. (laughs) It says you may be anxious that others will steal your ideas or that they'll tell you something's impossible and why it's destined to fail. And so you're keeping your ideas private so that you can develop the idea further without the influence of others. Um, You may want to wait until the idea has turned into action before sharing it with others. Hmm. With the Page of Cups reversed, you may feel called to pursue a new creative project, but you are worried about whether you can realistically make it work. Your inner critic may be on overdrive, or others are telling you that you're dreaming, so you're stalling and holding back. Hmm. Ask yourself, what have I got to lose here? So what if the idea fails? Isn't it better to try something and fail than never do it and wonder for the rest of your life what might have happened? And what if you didn't fail? What if you were to succeed? Listen deeply to your intuition to understand if this is just fear getting in the way and whether it's time to just give it a go, regardless of the outcome. Or maybe you're having a creative block. Or maybe I was having a creative block. Because this is all... Yeah. It's weird when the past past card, because it's like, well... I can't really do anything about it, but I guess it's kind of to help you maybe see a different situation in another light kind of thing. Yeah, Let's maybe come back to it. Let's do the present and then it might be best to do the present and then the future together. And that way we can kind of assess what they all mean together as a spread. Okay. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right. So next you got the five of wands. Upright or reverse? Upright. So that's present. And then you've got the Wheel of Fortune as your future. So let's look up the Five of Wands. And the Wands is like intuition, right? Yes. Intuition, what you want to do with all of those like emotions. And And it's five, um, so it's on the lower half. It's a card that represents disagreement, upright, uh, competition, strife, tension, and conflict. Ooh. Yes. Sometimes this type of conflict and discussion can be very positive, like a group brainstorming and problem solving. Huh. 
this is a little weird. Uh, <laughs> Why? Because we did that at work today, literally? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we had a big think tank today at work. Yeah, we did. It can indicate a personal struggle and conflict, either about external or internal issues that are causing a lot of tension and confusion for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see that. Mm-hmm. You have different opinions of your own about how you should approach ra- appro- bleh, approach your current circumstance, and if you've not really worked out in your own mind, what your final stance is going to be. You may be trying to work through your personal point of view on a number of external contentious issues, like political things. Should I burn down the government, or should <laughs> I approach it in a civil manner? Yep. Comrade Gritty tells me I should just burn it the fuck down. <laughs> Uh, I'm a thousand percent agreed uh, with Comrade Gritty. The trouble is that everyone is trying to express their point of view and opinions, but no one is listening. And so there's little progress. Mm. There is only conflict and there's little or no value in the discussions that are occurring. That sounds familiar. Yeah. And this, like, does it have to be me or is it just like the world that I'm living in? Because I feel like that could apply to so many things. It can be. It, it can be either. It's whatever, you know. Similarly, this card is representative of a group of people who are committed to an end, but they cannot fully agree on how to implement this goal, as each has their individual agenda as of how to bring this to fruition. Aim to turn this into constructive conflict by allowing each person to openly share their thoughts, but then listen to to other people's thoughts. So, yeah, that's, wow. All right. That could go with a lot of things, yeah. Yep. Okay. As I'm sure many of them could. You can make it fit any way you want, but it helps to kind of reframe whatever you're dealing with and make you be like, yes, that is how that's going. (laughs) It's definitely not the political climate. It's fine. (laughs) We have an upright wheel of fortune. It's good luck, karma, life cycles, destiny, or a turning point. So it is a giant wheel with three figures on the outer edges and then the outer... It's a very, like, complicated-looking card. Like, there's an angel who looks like he's holding a laptop, but it's actually, I think, supposed to be a book. (laughs) I was going to say, did they have laptops back then? No. (laughs) There's a snake. There's a Anubis. It's a lot of, like, Egyptian imagery. Yeah, they love that stuff. So, the Wheel of Fortune reminds you that the wheel is always turning, and life is in a state of constant change. If you're going through a difficult time, rest assured that it will get better from here. Good luck and good fortune will make their return in time. Similarly, if things are going well, know this too will change and life may return to normal soon. This cycle shows why it's so important to cherish the blissful moments in your life and make the most of them while they are within reach, because in a flash, they could be gone. Um, it's also known as the Wheel of Karma, and it reminds you what goes around comes around. Be a kind and loving person to others, and they'll be kind and loving to you. Be nasty and mean, and you will get nasty and mean turning back your way. So if you want happiness and abundance, make sure you're sending out positive vibes in kind. The Wheel of Fortune card asks you to be optimistic and have faith that the universe will take care of your situation in the best way possible. Uh, Meditation and visualization can reinforce your intention to bring increased abundance, good fortune, and prosperity to you. Be open to the help of others, too, as guidance from both the physical and spiritual realms is in supporting you along your journey. They want you to do well, so relish their support now. It can be like a critical turning point in your life, um, the chance to make a significant change in your life. So it's basically just saying, like, put good out into the world and it'll come back to you. And I feel like that also can be applied to the political climate of, like, you know. Or can it? 
Gritty tells me to burn. You and Gritty need to calm down. No. No. All I know is I must kill. <laughs> I don't no. know who I am or where I am. All I know is I must kill. No, this is the time to support our trans and non-binary brothers and sisters and other. As and, Gritty does. And people of color and all of the LGBTQ spectrum and be positive to other people and kind to other people and also get out there and fuck shit up. <laughs> Say, Becca, you let go. You were so close. <laughs> now, that card is definitely, like, very broad. It is. It I is didn't feel broad. as connected to that one. Like, maybe, like, in a mm-hmm. way. But I would say definitely for being the future card, I was like, okay, so pretty much anything goes. It's kind of vague, yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I would consider stuff to be going pretty well right now. So I guess I will just hold on to that just in case. Well, I feel like if you look at it like politically like we were kind of the the um present card along with like personally i feel like you could also say like because of the way people were so engaged in this like election that that could be positive for the future because it means hopefully that they'll continue to be engaged that's true so we'll take that you know let's it's basically like try and and keep in mind that things can get better and they will get better. Okay. But also <laughs> burn it to the ground. Gritty says fuck shit down. <laughs> burn it down. Yes. I'm definitely going to have to put a photo of Gritty in the in the Instagram with fire all like behind him. For God. anyone who doesn't know who Gritty is, he's a terrifying but extremely lovable mascot for the Flyers. You've probably seen him, even if you think you haven't, in your dreams. Uh, right out of the corner of your eye, Gritty is there. He's a giant, weird, orange, fuzzy thing with googly eyes, and he's rotund and full of flavor. He's strong and strong-willed, and you better watch out and sleep with one eye open. He looks kind of like um, a misshapen Cheeto that's growing orange mold mm. and then has a face mm. at the top. Okay. But you mean that in a good way. I mean, I feel like that's a fair assessment. Yeah. He is not a handsome fellow. I'm sorry. But you mean that in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> Being handsome isn't the most important thing. Those eyes, though. Those eyes. No, not <laughs> not like that. <laughs> Those eyes are terrifying. They're empty, soulless vacuums. And then they move. They fucking move, Taylor. They do. He is but they me. don't close. They never close. They're always watching. I am he and he is me. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. What do you do when you're done reading? Which crystals do you prescribe? I prescribe. (laughs) Actually, I don't prescribe. There's a website that prescribes them. Smoky Quartz, which I have one of those. And I have it sitting here on top of my deck. And that's absorbing my negative energy about Gritty? Yep. Burn it down. (laughs) Yes. Gritty, calm down. Um, (laughs) A smoky quartz is great for absorbing negative energy and protecting you from damaging vibrations. It radiates soothing and calming energy and will help you ground yourself. This stable and reliable crystal is also a brilliant healer, too, removing negativity from your chakras and aura. Then there's black tourmaline. 
for psychic, physical, emotional, and spiritual healing, seek the support of black tourmaline. Wear it, hold it in your hand, or keep it in your pocket after a difficult or emotionally draining tarot reading. Like this one. Just kidding. (laughs) Um, If you've suffered a traumatic event, such as the loss of a close friend, this is a good crystal to have by your side. It can protect you from toxic people and damaging relationships. I need to get a black tourmaline necklace. All this crystal talk, though, kind of makes me think, remember at, like, the end of the hills when Spencer got really into crystals? Yep. Is this like that? Are you yep. are you becoming like Spencer? I am Spencer. <laughs> no. <laughs> so is Ryan Heidi? Yeah. Ugh. He's going to get a lot of plastic surgery, so get ready. Then there's black obsidian. Cut through lies, confusion, and deceit with the help of a black obsidian. This remarkable crystal will attract negative energy. Man, this feels like a write-up for our website. Sorry. <laughs> so it attracts negative energy and like uses it like a magnet and it draws it away from you so it takes the hit so you can get on with your life and thrive and then you need to bury it in the ground in the desert far away because it's like jumanji and it'll suck you back in oh do you really have to do that no oh <laughs> <laughs> i'm just making shit up i was like that's not in the notes but i mean i guess like it's <laughs> absorbing like black energy and bad spirits and that's shit, the like- thing about crystals is like I take it with a grain of salt because I'm like, you know, there are like, there's weird shit in the world that I don't understand through the magic of science. And while I don't necessarily think crystals can heal you, I do like, I don't know, maybe they put out some sort of, I don't know. (laughs) I'd like to think, but mostly I just think they're pretty. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know me, I, I don't think that crystals and stuff like that do anything but i think it it doesn't hurt as long as you're not like draining your bank account buying the fanciest ritziest smoky quartz you can get your hands on if carrying it around like helps you and and like feeling it in your pocket or whatever helps you like concentrate on feeling better and like getting negative thoughts away from you that's not bad don't use crystals being like, I'm very sick, I'm dying, and my doctor says I should take medicine, but I'm just going to hold this crystal on my forehead and hope for the best. That's bad. Amethyst is not Tylenol, my friends. Yes, exactly. That's not how that works. It's not penicillin. It's not antibiotics. It's a rock. Yeah. It's beautiful, but it's not medicine. Yeah, so it's not, if it makes you feel better, that's fine if you are really sick or have like mental health issues and stuff like that crystals ain't gonna do it but they're fun but they are fun and they are pretty i'll give them that so that's pretty much it yeah where did you find all this stuff sources for today's episode are from thoughtco.com bus.com wishingmoon.com BiddyTarot.com. That's where I looked up all of the meanings of the tarot cards when we did Taylor's tarot reading. Oh, boy. And then um, there's ThoughtCo.com has a brief history of tarot, which is great if you want history stuff. CollectorsWeekly.com has an article called The Surprising Origins of Tarot Most Misunderstood Cards. That was interesting. I looked at a Ranker article, Reddit, Huffington Post, and that's pretty much it. I know. I guess we didn't really talk about because that would have been so long because there's so many different types, but just the major arcana and like what they 
what they all mean. Because some of them, I feel like you hear about it, like you hear the devil, and you're like, oh, that must be the worst one. But actually, yeah, but it's not. It's the tower. The tower. <laughs> if you get the tower, it doesn't necessarily mean like shit's totally fucked, but it's a little fucked. It means big changes. It's not good. That can be bad. And even then, I say it's the worst one. I think it's just the most like turbulent one. Yeah. And then you hear about like the lovers, and you're like, oh, that's the sexy card, but it doesn't always necessarily mean that. And the hanged yeah. man sounds bad, but it also it's just they're all they're all different. They're interesting i know we don't have time to go through all of those but i wanted to go through the major but i was like uh, it's too much it's just too much stuff i mean we could do a second episode if you get tarot cards and we can talk about the major arcana if people are interested and you can do my cards you can read my cards yeah maybe if i if i get my own my own deck because you're supposed to pick your own deck and so yes, i've kind are. of like looked around and i've seen a couple that i like I think someone, technically you are supposed to be gifted your first one, or not technically, Mm -hmm. but like they say that you're supposed to be given your first one, Mm -hmm. like as a gift, but if you're supposed to like feel a connection with it, you still have to like pick it, I guess. I mean, I bought my first deck, so. Well, it's cursed now. Well, that's the one that got ruined, so. Oh! Oh! But then I bought this one and this one's fine. Okay. Okay. But this one's your second deck, so it's okay that you bought your second one. Yep. We'll see. I've got my eye on on one for like Christmas or birthday or something, so I'm hoping I will I will have one. But until then, I'm just gonna. I really want the Lisa Frank one, like so bad. I like. There are so many different because like there's the like the traditional ones, but as they've gotten more popular, a lot of like artists and stuff have made like cool themed ones or mm-hmm. or ones that are just like. Still kind of traditional, but pretty. Like, they'll, you know, be gold or or something like that. The one that I like is kind of like a funky, mostly black, but kind of colorful one from Six Ad Girls. And it just looks cool. Oh, the other thing is, a lot of the time, um, we didn't do this, but another thing that you're supposed to do is, like, find a card that sort of, like, symbolizes yourself either in like how you look or typically you just like look through all of the meanings of the cards and you kind of like pick which one you think applies to you the most. And then when you see that in like readings and stuff, you know that it's supposed to be like seeing it show up is significant. I guess. Okay. Well, that's interesting. That's, that's tarot for you. A general survey, survey course, tarot 101. You will be quizzed. No, you won't. You will be quizzed. I don't want to write that quiz. If Taylor's writing the quiz, then y'all are fucked. I'm the fun teacher. Taylor's the mean teacher. I'm mean. But it's only because I care about you. And I want you to do well. Mine's because I'm lazy. (laughs) So what is your recommendation for this week? My recommendation for this week is... um, I'm still getting caught up because I have too many podcasts, but I keep slipping them in whenever I'm doing chores and stuff. My friend Lindsay and her sister, they have a podcast that they do called Sister Cinema, and they each, like, pick a movie based on a theme, and they talk about it in an episode. It's just kind of neat, because they're sisters, and I don't know. We just came off of October, and they did a lot of episodes about either, like, scary movies or movies about, like, Stephen King-based movies and stuff like that, so... I'm especially feeling it right now just because it was a lot of, like, kind of scary, spooky movies. 
and I'm desperately clinging on to the fact that Halloween is is gone, and I don't want it to be, so it's kind of nice being like, oh, those episodes are still there, but if you like movies, they've recently done some on some scary movies, which would be fun, but they do other, lots of other types too, and it's called Sister Cinema. Yeah, it's good. I've been listening to it too. Yeah, yeah. And then on a spookier note, I don't know if y'all remember way back when, when Becca had recommended Limetown, the, like, radio drama podcast to me and I finally Mm -hmm. listened to all of it and then I was sad because season two took for ding dang ever but it's finally started and I listened to the first episode today and it's uh, still good so far but if you love kind of conspiracy thriller mind reading whatever kind of stuff it's called Limetown L-I-M-E-T-O-W-N and season two just started, so if you want to get in on it now that new episodes are coming out, I 100% recommend it. I'm excited because I listened to the first episode, too. I'm excited because he was talking about um, how they're in talks to, like, make it into a, like, TV series with Jessica Beale. It's like a Facebook watch show kind of thing. And after seeing her in the center, I was like, oh, man. Hell I'm yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. So... That I'm I'm pumped about, um, but in general, the podcast is just so good. I hope they develop it fast. Me too. Me too. So my recommendation for this week is not spooky at all, but it is incredibly cute. So cute. <gasps> You'll die. I did die. You did. <laughs> <laughs> it's a webcomic that has been kickstarted and there's actually going to be a like physical graphic novel which i already pre-ordered and it comes out in february and i'm very excited um already done it's ongoing yeah yeah and it's ongoing um she updates it i think oh i think she may have updated it on thursday i haven't checked if not it might be friday so it's called heartstopper and it is by uh alice oseman o-s-e-m-a-n and um she's I think she's English. I think so. Because yeah. they were talking about, like, giving copies of the graphic novel to libraries and stuff. And they were like, sorry, just to clarify, that's only in the UK. Yeah. And I was like, no. But um, she also, she's only 24, but she's already written multiple books. Um, she's written I Was Born for This, Radio Silence, and Solitaire. And then she's the writer and artist of the webcomic Heartstopper, which is what I'm wrecking. Heartstopper is about... Two teenage boys in, I guess, like a private school in England. Yeah, it's a boys' school. One of them is like a tall rugby player named Nick, and he is a good, sweet boy. And then the other is Charlie, who is... He's a stick. He's tiny. He's a fast stick. He's a fast stick. But he's he's tall. He's just not as tall as Nick. Yeah. He's outwardly... Or not outwardly. He's openly gay in his school, which I guess initially got him bullied. Now it's gotten to the point where, like, he's kind of popular because I guess people stopped being assholes about it, mostly. And it's about them, like, forging this, like, really sweet friendship and then falling in love. And, like, it's sweet. It's not, like, exploitative at all. They feel like 15 and 16-year-olds. Their friendship is so, like, charming. And there's a lot of, like, people of color representation and there's a trans character and I just 
it's so sweet and good and pure and the art is cute and I like read it all in a day and it was so good. The there's an app called Tapas, like the like the snack snacky food tapas and it's really useful for reading it like all in one spot and there's other comics and stuff on there i haven't really broken in there's so many i'm overwhelmed and it just i'm happy becca brought this into my life because it is very sweet and like there was a couple times where i like would tear up because there is like i mean it's really cute but there's also times like when they're dealing with tough stuff and you're like no my sweet angel babies it's gonna be okay this is the blurb she has on um tapas charlie a high strung openly gay overthinker, and Nick, a cheerful, soft-hearted rugby player, meet at a British all-boys grammar school. Friendship blooms quickly, but could there be something more? Written and illustrated by the author of Solitaire and Radio Silence, updates three times a month on the 1st, 11th, and 21st. Uh, Content warnings, violence, swearing, homophobia, assault, mental illness, and self-harm. There will be no graphic or explicit imagery of any kind, violent, disturbing, or sexual in this comic, which I thought was very good, because... So often there's like, if it's, if it's, um... I feel like if it's like gay teenagers, they're like, it has to be extremely graphic and they will be bullied and you will see all of the terrible stuff and it's going to be extremely rough because, you know, that's the only kind of narrative we can have gay people in. Exactly. (laughs) Or like, yeah, so... It's not like that. Like, there is, you know, like, mild homophobia and stuff like that, but it's not... She always warns, like, if this is something that might upset you, you know, skip ahead and you'll kind of get, like, she, I think she lists, like, summaries of what happens at the bottom, so you, like, don't lose any plot stuff, but Mm -hmm. you don't have to, like, read through that if it's triggering for you, which I thought was really sweet. It's just so good. So I definitely think you should check it out. Super sweet. They're good boys. I love love. I love love. That does it for us. Yeah, let's get out of here. This is so long. You need to go pack. I do have to go pack. (laughs) Go pack. I'm going on a trip, so I have to leave. So. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) Wait, no, we gotta tell them where to find the stuff. I forgot about the stuff. Oh, fuck. Fuck. (laughs) You can find us on Instagram. We're also on Twitter. Oh, well, you can email us at ghostemojipodcast at gmail.com, and you can find us at the other places at Ghost Emoji Show, and you can leave us a review if you want. We would love a five-star review. Recommend us to your friends and your loved ones, and just, you know, anyone who will listen. I have burped so much during this podcast. I'm so sorry. Oh, well, I didn't even hear it. You hid your burps from me, and for that, I am sad. Share your burps. (laughs) There was one. (laughs) Always remember to say goodbye. We already did. Bye. Bye.